You're listening to IBGR, our call sign for the Internet Business Growth Radio Network. The broadcast frequency is our URL, and that's IBGR.network. We provide live and record shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on what an entrepreneur or small business consultant needs to grow their operation from zero to big. How big? Up to you. IBGR focuses on the 180 million English-speaking small business owners around the world in four major markets, North America, Australia, Oceania, the Indian subcontinent, and United Kingdom, Europe, and Africa. All of these six-hour cycles are delivered in six major themes, strategy, operations, sales, people, ownership, and consulting. The first four tracks, strategy, operations, sales, and people, are the day-to-day tactical issues all entrepreneurs face. The fifth track, ownership, takes the conversation to the next level. How can an owner working in the business make the transition to an executive of a multi-million dollar firm by working on it? Our last track, consulting, is for our brothers and sisters with the same mission as IBGR, helping small business owners grow. I bet you didn't know that 57% of everybody on the planet is employed by a small business owner. Let's team up and help business owners increase generational wealth for themselves and their family while creating good jobs in their local community. Our team has over seven decades of helping and building businesses. We have turned those years of existence into radio shows and downloadable tools that any entrepreneur, whether you're an independent contractor, solopreneur, or business owner, can apply immediately. All you have to do is download, listen, apply, and engage. Download the show notes that address current issues in your business. Listen to the show live or as a podcast. Apply the information and tools. Engage us with your experience and feedback. And if you really want to maximize your time spent with IBGR, join our community and have access to our toolbox. This just scratches the surface of what you will receive every day at IBGR. The opportunity to grow with us is only limited by your imagination and persistence. Let's grow together and put the world back to work. Thanks for listening. listening to Catalytic Conversations with your host, that's me, Wendy Dickinson, on the number one global business news and talk radio, IBGR Network, International Business Growth Radio. As I said, I'm Wendy Dickinson, and I'm your host for today's show, and I'm your business growth expert, diving into the why, the what, and the how of your biggest business challenges, as well as your business dreams. Did you guys happen to catch Celia Powell's show earlier this week? There's only 24 hours in a day. Because if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Yeah, there are only 24 hours in a day, but it's about how you use your time. And today, my guest and I are going to encourage you to use part of your time as a business owner to, number one, think about what it is you ultimately want to do with that business. And number two, how do you make it actually happen? These shows offer you, the owner executive, tools to hone your leadership skills as you grow your company. That's right. You can learn to be a leader. You can learn everything you need to know to run a successful company if you are willing to tap into the expertise of others. And that's where my guest comes in, Michael Mitchell of Business Research Group. 
Michael, I'm so glad you're with us today. I am delighted to be here today, Wendy. I think our listeners are uh, in for a real treat to really learn how to look at not only how to choose a broker, but then to look at what the transaction process looks like. Listeners, I also want to encourage you all to join the IBGR Entrepreneurs Community Network located in the IBGR app on ibgr.network or heck, go directly to the ibgr.community. And once on the inside, you'll be in your community of commerce where you can connect with other entrepreneurs and interact with our on-air talent. Join the ibgr.community where you can network with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And by the way, Alexa Skill is live and available to our listeners. You can say, Alexa, open IBGR International Business Growth Radio or Alexa, start IBGR.InternationalBusinessGrowthRadio. Or you can just ask for my show, which I would love, Catalytic Conversations. So get the app. Oh, and visit my website, www.AscendCoachingSolutions. I have downloads with tools and tips that can help you with the growth of your business and the ultimate exit from your business. Okay, we're getting down to business now. A lot of you plan to sell your business one day. And a lot of you tell me that, yeah, you're not ready to talk about it yet. It's going to happen when the time is right. But before you take that step, you're going to need to build a business that has value to a prospective buyer. But if you don't know what that looks like, if you don't know how to choose that buyer, if you don't know who to get to help you with that process, well, then the odds of selling your business successfully are against you. But there are ways that you can stack the odds of selling successfully in your favor. So, Michael, I'm so glad you're here. And listeners, today we're looking at that process of selling your business. You may hear of this process referred to as the deal or the transaction. Well, it's your deal. It's your transaction. And it's the culmination of your years of hard work. It's your blood, sweat, and tears. And the amount of money that you walk away with is completely dependent on a number of variables. And Michael and I hope to give you an idea of how you can turn those variables to your profit. I hope that your biggest takeaway from my shows this month is that preparation is your key to successfully selling your business. Now, in case you haven't figured it out, selling your business is a process. And today, my guests and I are gonna give you a peek at what happens behind the curtain of a deal. I want you to be ready, and I know this is going to sound gross, but it's the best metaphor I can think of, to have a business colonoscopy. I want you to be prepared, so ready, that you don't feel a thing. We're going to talk about the things owners do that get in their own way, that they do wrong, or how they subconsciously sabotage the entire deal. That happens all too often. And Michael and I want you to know what it is you don't know. What you don't know can definitely hurt your deal. And finally, Michael and I are going to share our recommendations for steps that you can take to sell and then integrate successfully once it's sold. Guys, I think you're going to want to take notes. So, Michael, please share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and how in the world you became a business broker. Yeah, thanks, Wendy. So, 
I've really been an entrepreneur all my life. I started my first business when I was 10 years old. Of course, it was a lawn mowing business. Uh, but I have owned some type of business almost all my life. Even when I was working for big corporations, I owned businesses on the side. Uh, and I've started and grown five substantial businesses, and I've sold two of those five. So I walk in business owner shoes every day. I started Business Research Group about 15 years ago to, to share what I have learned about measuring value, growing value and capturing value when the time is right. And along the way, Business Research Group has helped, oh gosh, um, over 250 business owners, helping them to understand what makes their business valuable, what they can do to make it valuable, and to capture that value when they're ready to exit. Well, wow, that is such valuable experience. And I have to say, you know, my husband and I had a business that we started with another couple and our two goals were to grow it, to sell it, and then to still walk away friends at the end of it. And we were fortunate to be able to do that. But as we know, a lot of businesses, four out of five actually go up for sale and never close a transaction successfully. And of the businesses that do close the sale, about 80% fail to integrate successfully. And, and so, Michael, I actually have a client right now who hopes to sell her business in five to 10 years. And she's actually doing the work. She's investing the time to prepare. So how likely is it that someone is able to sell their business if they prepare, if they build value in the business? Yeah, you, you touched on some interesting statistics there. When a business is, when an owner is ready to sell their business, the odds are stacked against them five to one. Only one out of five are actually going to sell at all. 80% simply turn out the lights, lock the doors, and walk away. Mm. And so... I, I, I define a successful exit as getting the price that you need to support the lifestyle that you want to have in your retirement when you are ready to exit. Mm. Okay. So the, when you retire and you want to live a certain lifestyle, you can convert that into an annual dollar amount that you're going to spend, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you figure you're going to take one nice uh, cruise every year and that's going to be $10,000 and you have these household expenses and you wrap all that up and you, that becomes your annual spend. And the, how long you're going to spend that money depends on when you retire. So you have to fix what you want your lifestyle to be and how long you're going to spend that money. And A times B gives you how much cash you need to have in order to enjoy that. 
And so the first thing we do with business owners is help them understand where they are, help them understand where they want to go, and then map out a plan to get there. Uh, so if you aren't prepared, odds are stacked against you. One to five, you are not going to make it where you want. If you have time, however, and the best time to prepare is before you sell your business, of course. Right. And the best time really is when you start your business. Yeah, when you start it, that's the best time. But if you don't have a time machine, you can't go back to when you started it. The best time to start working on building enduring value is right now. Why put it off? Next week becomes next month, becomes next quarter, becomes next year. And pretty soon you're at the stage where you're ready to retire or and this happens an awful lot when the health issues crop up, other issues crop up, and an owner is more or less forced to sell their business when they're not ready. And when that happens, the results are often very, very poor for the owner. I think that's such a great point. And I have to say, I've heard of that happening a number of times, which is why I try to tell my clients, and I know from previous conversations that you work with yours, to really prepare ahead of time so that that way you're ready to sell at any time. And it's a matter of, of then having the options, always having the best possible options that you possibly can. Michael, believe it or not, it is time for us to take our first two minute break. Listeners, if this is your first time with Catalytic Conversations, welcome. We're gonna take a quick two minute break. And when we come back, Michael and I are going to fill you in on the many mistakes and challenges that owners face when selling their businesses. Here at Catalytic Conversations and with the Business Research Group, we want you to maximize your returns and minimize your regrets by creating the ultimate experience of closing your deal. If you're listening to one of our podcasts, look for the Listen Live tab on our new app and check out the current programming. New shows are added every week. I'm Wendy Dickinson, and we'll be back. Do you know why your business is different? Why does it exist? And why do your customers care? If you're not sure, we can help. At Crisp & Co, we work closely with you to get to know your business. Together, we'll build a strategy that communicates your brand message to the people who need to know it, your customers. Crisp & Co exists to challenge normal. We're a full-service, creative, design and media agency. We trade in innovative ideas, creative content and strategic communication that gets maximum results and return on your marketing investment. Find us at crispand.co or on all the usual socials. Crisp and Co. Innovate. Create. Communicate. Nothing's good that uses is bad. This is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. 
One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. host Wendy Dickinson of Ascend Coaching Solutions, your business growth expert on the number one global business talk and news network, IBGR, International Business Growth Radio. Hey, are you ready to dive into the challenges that you owners face when you've decided to sell your business and are ready to start the marathon? This is episode number 11 in Selling Your Business here with our expert, Michael Mitchell of Business Research Group. And by the way, guys, download your show notes. That's what I've written them for so that you have the resources as well as a summary of the things that Michael and I have suggested for you. So download those show notes and that'll save you on the note taking. Okay, Michael, let's dive in. What are a couple of the biggest challenges that sellers have to navigate so that they can be successful in selling their businesses? Yeah. So the first one, Wendy, is something that you touched on earlier, and that is, are they going to put their business up for sale themselves, for sale by owner, or are they going to get professional help? Mm. And so that's the first big challenge, first big question. They have to decide, do they have the knowledge, the experience, the skills, and the emotional detachment? to be able to handle the sale on their own. And not surprisingly, I'd say that 95% of owners do not have those uh, criteria, but that doesn't stop them from thinking that they do. And, And that's another big issue. Owners are terribly talented. They, they do so many things. They do marketing, they do sales, they, do financial analysis they do all these things and they begin to think that they are good at everything but if you've never sold a business before get help that's your number one i'm going to second that michael because i have to tell you i mean there's there are a couple of studies out for owners who have completed who have managed to sell their companies and 73 percent are unhappy with how it turned out so 
I feel like, and, and from the owners that I've talked to and coached over the years, I have to say that the, the most regret seems to come from trying to manage a process and run the business at the same time. And it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't, Wendy. You can either continue to manage your business and manage it well, or you can manage the sale. And maybe you will manage that well, maybe you won't. But if you try to do both at the same time, the odds are you're going to do both rather poorly because managing the sale of your business is a full-time job. Managing your business is a full-time job and they will both suffer if you try to do both at the same time, especially when you're learning how to manage the sale. So yeah, that, that's a big issue. And then after, even after an owner decides that they're going to get help, the next big question is, what do we sell it for? What is a fair price? What should I ask for this business? And the answer is, you've got to get the Goldilocks pricing. Because if you list the business at an unreasonably high number relative to what buyers perceive the value to be, they're just going to skip right past you. They're not even going to look at your business. Most brokers and most business owners who try to sell their business on their own use a number of different websites like bizbysell or businessesforsale.com. And I find that you've got a total of about 43 seconds to capture someone's interest and convert that into some conversation. You have about three seconds to get their attention initially. So if the headline isn't right, they skip right over you. If you do get the headline right in those first three seconds that they see your ad, then you have about another 10 seconds for them to, they'll pause and look at more of the details. And if that looks good, then you get 30 seconds. So if you, if your business is priced, what, what, um, buyers think is unreasonably high, they're not going to spend even the first 10 seconds. They're going to look at it and skip right on over it. Correspondingly, if you price it too low, you're leaving money on the table. Uh, it reminds me of a, um, a business I sold a few years ago. It, it was a very successful painting contractor. And we had, he wanted to sell. So we had a conversation and eventually that conversation came around to pricing. And he said, well, I know exactly how much my business is worth. I was taken a little bit back. Most owners really don't know what their business is worth, but he did. So he brought out a bunch of spreadsheets and showed me my business is worth $123,416. I remember that number. It was several years ago, but it was such a specific number. I remember it. And he showed me how he got that number. And I said, well, 
if you don't mind, I'm going to take all this information that I've gathered. I'm going to go back and I'm going to appraise your business and we'll get back next week and we'll talk about it. So we did. And I told him, I'd like to list your business for $800,000. And his initial reaction was, you're crazy. Wow. There's absolutely no way. There's absolutely no way anyone would pay that much money. So we talked about it and he finally agreed, okay, you're wasting your time, but go ahead and list it for 800,000. Well, two weeks later, I had an offer for 780,000. And needless to say, we accepted that offer and moved on. So there is at least one time in my career that an owner has significantly undervalued their business. Most of the time it's way too high, but occasionally they will undervalue it. So the key to one of the real keys is getting the price right. And the only way that you can really know what the fair market value of your business is, is to get a business appraisal. Right. Not a broker's guess of value, but a real business appraisal. And that is that is such an important key because that it's like selling a house. If you have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house and you have it listed for five hundred thousand, nobody's gonna look at it. And it's the same thing with a business. So first you decide do you need professional help? then you get help pricing the business. Then you have to, uh, you have to think seriously about where you are willing to give a little and what is really important to you. So the terms of a deal can be just as important or in some cases more important than the selling price. So let me give you a silly example that I sometimes use to demonstrate that point. I, I will tell an owner, look, I know I, I want to list your business for $500,000. I think that's a fair price. And if I don't sell that business for 500000 I will buy it from you for $1 million. A million. I'll buy it for a million. Now, here's the terms of the deal. I'm going to give you a dollar down, and I'm going to give you $1 a year for the next 1 million years. Okay, those are the terms of the deal. So it's a silly little example, but the terms of the deal that people actually use can be, um, uh, can make, can make or break the deal. So there's something called an earnout, and an earnout is essentially where a buyer and a seller agree on a price, but the payment of that price is typically spread out over time, and a certain portion of that payment is at risk. And buyers will use an earnout like that in order to mitigate the risk that they see in achieving 
the kind of uh, earnings that they expect to see from that business. So there are lots of ways that buyers will put in terms that can significantly impact how much money you wind up with in the end. Those are really great points. And I think so incredibly important. And going back to priorities, I've also heard owners who have signed the purchase of sale agreement and then bring up the point of employee well-being or what they themselves want to uh, do in the company going forward. Some of them want to walk away immediately. Some of them want to do remain with the company for a while. And I think these are all along the spectrum of really deciding upon your priorities and giving yourself the time to think about what is important. Do you really, is it important to you to, for the company, the buyer to keep the company in the town where you are? So Michael, I think these are great points that you bring up and I, I really appreciate your sharing this expertise. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our two minute break. And when we come back, we're gonna go through the things that we think you listeners need to know before you enter into the transaction. Um, I also wanna point out that IBGR broadcast 24 seven. So download the app and you can have your business plan in your pocket. I'm Wendy Dickinson. making your business grow? When surveyed, about 90% of business leaders admit that their CRM isn't. The most common cause for that? Salespeople don't use their CRM the way they should. Why not? Well, it takes them too much time and discipline to fill out their CRM completely. And if salespeople don't, the CRM system becomes useless. That's why when we started Salesware, we asked ourselves, what if we build a CRM system that fills out itself? What if we build a system that surfaces existing data so that you know and remember all about your customers and never forget and disappoint another lead? That's what Salesforce does today. It pulls in all the data buried in your emails, email signatures, calendar, phone, social data, company database, email and web tracking, and offers it to you in an easy way so you and your CRM are always up to date. Want to see this for yourself? Head to salesforce.com and get your free trial. This is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director at IBGR. If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you.
Williams on the number one global business talk and news radio, IBGR, International Business Growth Radio. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson, here with Michael Mitchell of the Business Research Group. This is episode number 11 in season four, and today we are discussing selling your business. Want to encourage you to go to our website, ibgr.network, and download the show notes. So, Michael, let's really talk about the on a granular level what the sales process looks like what are the different types of sales yeah good question wendy so there are there are two basic ways that businesses are sold it's called an asset sale or a sale of the legal entity and let me distinguish those two so one way to buy a business is an asset sale and that means you are selling all of the tangible and intangible assets that that business owns so it's all the the furniture the fixtures the equipment uh the fact that you have an ongoing business the goodwill uh those are the 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 so you have tangible assets And then you have intangible assets like goodwill, uh, the fact that you have an ongoing business. Um, So you look at that and you think, well, isn't that selling my business? Well, it's really selling the assets of the business. Now, if you are organized uh, as anything other than a uh, sole proprietorship, then you have created some sort of legal entity. It could be an LLC, it could be a corporation. And when you do that, the corporation owns those assets. You personally do not own the assets, the corporation does. And so you can sell the, you can sell the stock of that corporation. So those are the two ways that you can sell a business. Now, most buyers want to buy the assets of the business and most sellers would prefer to sell the stock of the corporation because there are tax consequences uh, depending on how you sell that. So the first step when you really get down to it is talk to your accountant about taxes because no matter what you do, no matter how you sell it, the IRS is gonna get a taste. They're gonna get their money when you sell your business. So it's really important to understand what the tax consequences are. But um, once you've decided that, then there are certain steps that we use at Business Research Group in order to sell a business. And you mentioned some of them. we, we sit with an owner and find out what is really important to them. What are their needs and wants? Price, we've already dealt with that. Uh, but things like, uh, is the buyer going to keep it in the town? Uh, is that important to the owner? Is it important that they get all cash up front? Uh, or are they willing to take payments over time? And those can all all of those can impact the price that the buyer is willing to pay. 
they may be willing to pay a little more in terms of total price if the owner is willing to do some financing. Mm. Are they willing to finance a small amount of the transactions? Really important. Uh, most business sales have some sort of transition at the end, the transition between the former owner and the new owner. I've worked out deals as short as one week of transition, and I've worked out deals that uh, the, the old owner was involved for two years after the sale. And there were good reasons why it was a one-week transition and good reasons why it was a two-year transition. But the transition is really important. Remember, this person buying your business doesn't know anything about how to run your business. So they need that support. And that's why that's one of the things that makes selling a house very different from selling a business is buyer and seller have to work together very closely after the sale. So we want to make sure that throughout that sale process, any potential buyer and seller, uh, that they're going to get along well. Mm -hmm. So transitions, very important. So once we understand or think we understand what all those needs and wants and issues are, we can then move into actually listing that business for sale. So the first, the first part of that is we are going to do a true business appraisal on the business. So we're going to tell the owner, here's what we believe is the most likely selling price. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the price we list it for sale. There may be good reasons why an owner wants to list the business for less than fair market value. Maybe they have health issues and they want to get out of the business very quickly. We may list it for less than fair market value to speed up that process. if the owner is not particularly interested in in exiting quickly, they just want to get a fair price and, and find the best buyer, we may list it for a little more. But again, the Goldilocks pricing is what we're looking for. We want a room to negotiate, but we don't want to scare anyone off. So after we list a business for sale and we have determined what price we're going to put it at, we spend a fair amount of time putting together all of our advertising and uh, and marketing materials for that business. So before we post any ads, we're going to put together a book of information. It's going to have a lot of confidential information in there. It's going to talk about where the business is located. Uh, it's going to give a high spot of the financials. Uh, it's going to talk about their employees, how many they have, how much do they make every year? It's going to talk about how they market their business, how they advertise, how they attract customers. So there's a great deal of confidential information in that package. And it will 
typically run 20, 30 pages long. But we put all that together ahead of time so that when we do go out to attract buyers, we're ready with everything that they need. So when they ask a question, we have the answers right away. So we'll put all that together. Uh, and then we start marketing to marketing the business advertising. So we advertise on all the typical websites. Uh, and we begin to attract buyers. Like I said, you've got about three seconds to get their attention initially. If you pass that, they'll give you another 10 seconds. If you pass that, they'll give you another 30. And we know how to do that. So we attract buyers. And a lot of the time that we spend when we're selling a business is educating buyers. 80% of the buyers that we work with have never bought a business before. This is their first time. A lot of them are corporate refugees like you and I were, Wendy. Uh, and so they've never bought a business. They don't know what steps to take. They don't know what questions to ask. So we kind of take them by the hand, walk them all the way out to the end of the diving board. We don't push them in, <laughs> but we walk them all the way out to the end of the diving board there and say, okay, if you're ready to start swimming, let's go so we educate the buyers then we have we get to the point where we have a negotiation about the terms of a deal and we come up with a letter of intent and it is only after the letter of intent is signed that we allow due diligence to begin that's a big mistake that most owners make when they try to sell the business on their own is that they begin due diligence without an offer being on the table. Uh, we never allow that to happen. So we get an LOI signed, we start due diligence. And I know I, you know, after doing this for 15 years, I know what a buyer is going to want to see during due diligence. That's part of all the information that I gathered up front before we even started advertising that business for sale. So we have all that ready. We can respond pretty quickly because once the LOI is on the table and has been accepted, the faster you go, the better. You've probably heard the expression, time can kill a deal. I know it. I've seen it. We want to move quickly. So we go through due diligence. At the end of that time, we will get an attorney involved. I typically like to get one attorney who acts as a neutral closing attorney for the deal because I had a deal a couple of years ago, um, some relatively small deal, about 300,000 was the purchase price but the buyer wanted his attorney to draw up all the documents, which he did. Um, then the, the seller had to get a attorney to look at it. Well, by the time the two attorneys were done arguing and they argued about almost every paragraph in there, the attorney's bills were 
$25,000. Wow. We're, which is absolutely ridiculous. It is. And, yeah, and $25,000. Believe it or not, we're going to need to take If you listen to any of our broadcasts, you know we consider all entrepreneurs part of one family. People who are the heroes of our societies because they put their soul into the game and risk failure for everybody else. We want to meet and get to know everyone, like having a family reunion. Plus, to provide the highest quality of programming, we need to hear from you. The place to start is to become a subscriber. Every week we will send you our broadcasting schedule, links to show notes, and occasionally a gift like something practical from our toolbox. It is simple to do. Go to our Join Us page, sign up, and become part of the most important global community, entrepreneurs. Never forget, we create over 50% of the jobs around the world. We look forward to meeting you. Nothing's good that yours is this is William Eastman, Managing Partner for GrowthWorks Media and Station Director for IBGR. One of my jobs is finding great on-air talent, consultants and business owners with presence and a story to tell. We're expanding our broadcast team to represent our four core time zones, North America, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, and the Philippines, the India subcontinent, and the last of four, United Kingdom, Ireland, Europe, and Africa. If you are a small business consultant or business owner and would like to audition for an on-air slot in our six-hour show cycle, contact the station director, and that is at programming at btr.network. We will respond to your email within one business day. Thanks for listening, and don't miss this great opportunity to put the world back to work and grow with us. Thanks. Business Talk and News Network, IBGR, International Business Growth Radio. I'm your Catalytic Conversations host, Wendy Dickinson. I'm a business coach with Ascend Coaching Solutions, here with Michael Mitchell of Business Research Group. And today, you have a chance, through Michael, to get an expert's view on selling your business. And if this brings up questions for you, you can reach out to me or to Michael. And I want to encourage you to download the show notes for our contact information. Okay, Michael, you gave us some great steps in the last segment. Give us a rundown. What are the seven steps, or however many you were, I think I counted seven, of the process, the transaction? Yeah, so the actual process. First, you got to attract buyers. Second, 
we educate buyers. Third, we get into negotiations with those buyers. Next is an LOI. LOI offer to purchase something in writing that describes what the buyer wants to buy and how he's going to pay for that. Uh, then we begin due diligence, not until we have an offer. Then we get to drawing up all the legal paperwork. Once that's done, we have a closing. And then after closing, there is a transition. Again, that can be one week or it can be a year or more, depending on what the buyer wants and what the seller is willing to do. And it's always a negotiation. And is there also, so that's, those are the steps. Is there also a place in there where uh, a prospective buyer would sign um, a, non a, a non-disclosure agreement or some sort of confidentiality agreement? Yeah, that's a good point, Wendy. Uh, we insist that a buyer do two things, sign a non-disclosure agreement and also share with us their personal financial statement so oh. that we know that they have enough money to be able to, to do the deal. And we require that before they get any information about the business. So if they don't sign the NDA, they don't get anything. If they don't sign, uh, don't share with us their personal financial statement, again, they get nothing. So yeah, good point. Yeah, okay, and so Michael, I usually recommend that clients try to work with accountants that have had experience with, with buying and selling companies, as well as an attorney that's had experience with buying and selling companies. What do you recommend? Yeah, I certainly agree with your recommendations there. An accountant, uh, there's lots of different kinds of accountants mm -hmm. and they specialize in different areas of accounting. Some are very much focused on tax, which is great every April, but throughout the year, that accountant should be giving you the reports and information that you need to run your business. Um, so often I see that owners don't really have the information they need to manage their business properly because they, number one, don't know that they need that information. And number two, they didn't, so they didn't ask their accountant for it and their accountant is not giving that to them. Mm -hmm. So having an accountant that can give them management reports while they're running their businesses is very, very important. One of the first things I do when I look at a business is look at all their financials and I can tell right then and there, uh, do they have an actual accountant that, that they work with on a regular basis or do they simply give all their internally generated P&Ls to the accountant once a year to do their taxes? it becomes really uh, apparent. So yeah, they need a good accountant. Um, 
And then so I, I to, lost my train of thought. That's right. I, I also have to say, and I didn't mean to leave off of my list, but I do think it's important, depending on the size of the company, of course, that the person find the right business broker or investment banker. And I don't think that is a calling that person up 15 minutes before you want to enter the market. It has to be a relationship that is given the time and attention it needs to develop. How would how do you feel about that? Yeah, Wendy, in, ver- in some states, a business broker has to um, have a, they have requirements. Uh, and usually the steepest requirement is that you have your real estate license. But in Virginia, we have no requirements at all. So wait, uh, what? Wendy, what? there are absolutely no criteria for becoming a business broker. Wendy, you can become a business broker this afternoon by simply stating, I am a business broker. That's the requirement. There's nothing else. As a result, we have very knowledgeable, good brokers, and I work with them. Uh, We also have people in the profession that really have no clue what they are doing or how to do it. Uh, So yeah, spend the time to meet with a broker, understand his background, understand where she's coming from, uh, ask about their process for selling a business, and make sure that you're comfortable with them. Because you may be working with that person for six months to a year and you need to feel comfortable just as the broker needs to feel comfortable with you it is a two-way relationship and um uh you have to trust the broker and frankly the broker has to trust you or things are not going to work out well wow i you honestly just blew my mind and i I'm a resident of Virginia and work with a number of brokers and had no idea. I know there have been a number of brokers I've met or have seen their work and I would not recommend them to other people. I'm very particular about who I recommend, but part of my recommendation comes from, I know what type of training, I know what kind of experience, and I know the character of the person. I know that they are the kind of people that would hold the business owner's priority as sacred. And, and so it blows my mind that in Virginia, you could just be, a, I could declare myself a broker today. Wow, that's horrifying. So, you know, we've kind of touched on this, but what are the red flags for either a broker? Well, let's start there. What are the red flags around a broker? Like I would say if a broker doesn't have experience. Yeah, I, I would say, it probably once i started doing this full time it took me probably a year and a half before i got up to speed there is so much you have to learn Uh, just learning how to value a business can take six months valuing a business is kind of a it's the intersection of finance and economics and uh 
even some marketing. Uh, so understanding how to how to properly value a business takes six months. Then you've got to learn about how to market that business, how to work with buyers, what buyers are looking for in a business. So yeah, it can take a year and a half to two years before a broker is ready to go out and, and handle a transaction on their own. So if they've been in business less than two years, it's a red flag. It doesn't mean they should be automatically uh, dismissed, but it is a red flag and the owner should investigate that. Yeah, I feel like under those circumstances, if you have a broker that maybe you really connected with, but they don't have the experience, but they maybe perhaps have some other certifications or other things that you've looked at that does add credibility to that person's practice, then it's even more important for you, ha you to have a good accountant and a good attorney that you has had that experience. You know, Michael, it's almost time for us to finish up for today. And I just want to let the listeners know. So guys, really think about this. Know what your priorities are for your transaction and what are your expectations for exiting the business? Do you want need an immediate exit? Do you, you want to work with the business for a while? Do you want a, an earn out? Do you want to a minor, become a minority investor in the business? Get that business appraisal and consult your financial planner so that you know what amount you need to live comfortably in retirement. And I also have to tell you, conduct an inventory and a cash flow analysis. Look at your accounts re receivables. Um, really look at the curb appeal of your business. Do some things, some of these things ahead of time so that that way when you engage a broker and you're ready to go for the process, you're ready to go. You hit the ground running. And then you have a chance to prepare your team and your customers for the transition because it can cost you if your key performers or customers up and leave once the deal is closed. So, Michael, we're coming to a close. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to reach out to you and talk to you about selling their business? Yeah, the best way is to first go to our website, see what we do, www.brgbrokers.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Michael. We've really enjoyed having you. And listeners, next up, you're going to be hearing from James Bryant of Better You For You. And James is going to talk about giving you the keys to customer referrals and why you are not getting the results that you want. And that's coming up next. You've been listening to Catalytic Conversations on International Business Growth Radio, the number one business talk and news radio. I'm Wendy Dickinson of Ascend Coaching Solutions, and I look forward to you.